0: This is great honor and privilege to stand before you. Uh, This this place is where Dr. Tusa taught for so so long. Violet and I started here last August, so missed his teaching. But as Doug mentioned, I had the privilege of sitting under his tutelage for several years during my seminary years. Uh, Two things that he was known for, Dr. Tusa was uh simplicity and humility and the other thing was he's uh, he taught with authority and the authority came from the deep conviction and the knowledge of the truth that he had gained through the years and what a blessing this class has had to have him as a teacher and then Wayne also is doing great job uh, as a as a teacher I can tell you, Mark's Gospel is very difficult to teach because it's only Mark is the shortest with all the stories. He, he is a narrative that gives all the stories and narratives of the miracles and what Jesus did and to derive lessons from them is very difficult and Wayne is doing a very good job. and. Uh, there is a rarely a Sunday that I do not come to realize something new that, that he brings out. So we, we have a joyful privilege of having good teachers here, and to stand in this place is a great honor. And so thank you, Doug, and class leadership uh, for this opportunity. Uh, when Doug told me three weeks ago, I had, uh, when he asked, Would you teach this Sunday? Right at that moment, a message came to my mind that, okay, I'll I'll speak on that message. But then last Sunday, Wayne deviated from Mark and brought something else. And I would call in theological term, it was a bibliology. Uh, one of the major things that we believe is the Bible, right? And the word that he used, remember the word canon. Canon means what? measuring rod. So that is our measuring rod for life. That is our measuring rod for truth. And so for two weeks I was thinking about that topic and then last Sunday Wayne changed my mind. So if you don't like this message today then blame him, okay? (laughs) But one of the most basic things that we believe in a church like this, Evangelical Christian Christendom Church, is that Jesus is the only way. Right? It's not our way, but the only way. The Old Testament prophets spoke about that Jesus, a God, says through Isaiah, I am only one and there is no other God. Jesus taught the same thing, I am the truth, I am the way, and no one can come to the Father except through me. The apostles taught that, that there is no other name under heaven, given to men, by which we should be, we can be saved. Paul wrote the same thing. There is one God, one mediator, Jesus Christ. And writing to Galatians, he says, if there is even us or an angel gives you any other gospel than the gospel that we have told you, taught you, let him be anathema, accursed, strongest word. And again he says, I have told you and I will say that again, that anybody that teaches you another gospel, then this one, let him be accursed. But how many people accept that truth? If not, why not? Let me give you a story. Why not? Doug said, I taught Sanskrit for 11 years in State University College. When we were studying Sanskrit from the beginning, there were several moral stories that we were reading. And one of these moral stories is about three cheaters. You know what cheaters means, right? Deceivers. There are three kinds of people that have their eyes on our precious things. Thieves robbers and cheaters, right? And they three have a different techniques. Thieves don't harm us. Their only interest is to get our things. And so they would come when stealthily, like like Jesus said, like the thief that comes like that, the day of the Lord will come. So they, they would come when we are asleep or we are, when we are not home and quietly take away our things robbers are different they would confront us in the daylight and they may even harm us like the good samaritan story and rob us but cheaters they do something that we gladly give away our things and realize too late that we have been duped. So this is the story about three cheaters. Okay, a, a Brahmin, a priest, a Hindu priest is gone to another village and he has bought a goat kid to sacrifice to his home deity, family deity. Even today in India and I'm sure other places people give sacrifices, sacrifice animals to their deities. So this priest has bought a beautiful kid, probably has a good deal, so he is very happy. And he's holding this kid, the goat kid, on his shoulder, two legs this side, two legs this side, and he's walking around, happily murmuring Hindi, uh, Sanskrit songs, and like that. And three che- cheaters spot him. So they want to get this coat, goat. So as this man is walking along, one of the cheaters comes. Oh, shame on you, shame on you. You are a holy man. How can you carry this dog? For a Hindu priest, carry a dog is like a pig, a Jew carrying a pig on his shoulder. He said, are you stupid? Don't you see? This is not a dog. This is a goat. Okay, the cheater keeps going, walks away, and this priest now looks at this goat, and another cheetah comes. Oh, what a day has come we have. Look at this man, a holy man, carrying a dog. This this is not a dog. This is a goat. Okay, cheetah walks away, and the third cheater comes tells the same thing and the priest throws away the dog. Was it dog? No. Goat. And runs away. What is the moral of this story? (laughs) These were moral stories. What is the moral of the story? A truth, a, a lie when repeated several times does not become truth. A lie when repeated several times does not become truth but it does become convincing. A lie repeated several times does not become truth but it does become convincing. Today we live in a pluralistic culture in agnostic culture, atheistic culture, and we keep hearing the lies that bombarded upon us from all around us. There are so many ways. There is not only one way. You just believe whatever you want to believe, and if you are sincere, you are okay. There are many religions all religions are the same. Like God is sitting on the mountain top and no matter what trail you take, we lived in a mountain town when we were doing translation work and I got addicted walking on the hills and rarely I take took the same trail as long as you have a top on in the site. So that's how they think. God is sitting on the mountain top. But if this was true, Jesus was a greatest liar and Bible, a most be- deceiving book. Even to think that Jesus being a liar and Bible deceiving book is blasphemy. Right? Have you ever thought of yourself, how would you react to a person, talk to a person who comes and tells you that all religions are the same? We have some, the outline is before you. There is so much here. And I don't know if we can finish this, but we'll see, okay? We are talking about these different points, and I put those Greek words there intentionally. We need to know these things. We need to be familiar with these things. Okay? So... Very for, let's let let's take these few points and see how that matches out with the statement that all religions are saying. The very first is theology. When you think about theology, you think about a book that talks about theology. But when, when, when the first point theology is, means a word about God, In any theology book, the first chapter would be on theology. That means, and and then all the other anthropology and theology and all those things. So when, when we say theology, that means a word about God, concept about God. What do the different religions think about God? This is very basic idea. Remember? The very first words of the Bible are In the beginning, God. So everything begins with those three words. In the beginning, four words. In the beginning, God. Every religion has different concept of God. Not all religions are same. Hinduism has many gods, and the one supreme being is so impersonal so they can't reach him, so they worship many gods and many of them are nature gods. Tree, river, snake, tortoise, these kind of things they worship. Not all religions are same. Buddhism and Confucianism are agnostic. Jainism is atheistic. Difference between agnostic and atheistic is agnostic is that we don't know if there is God. Atheist means, so says that we know there is no God. But, but in pra- practice both are same, agnostics or atheists. And, and God of Islam is somebody that is sitting there just waiting to zap you. Contrast that with God of Christianity, God of the Bible. He is a personal God that you can know Him, who longs to have relationship with you, who loves the world. And when when John 3.16 says, God loved the world, the word world is very interesting. World means, in John's theology, world means sinful humanity. God loved the sinful humanity. The concept of God is different in every religion. And concept of God in Christianity is unique. No, all religions are the same as far as the concept of God is concerned. Anthropology. Anthropology means what do the different religions think about man? Where did man come from? Who is man? What is his destiny? Anthropology. Man in in Hinduism, man and animal are the same. Because you know the reincarnation? Man born in this life as a human being can come as a goat or a cow or even insect. There is a concept of there is a gradation of consciousness. So the stone is the least conscious, and human being is the most conscious. But then, human being is trying to achieve God, Godhead by his own work. Where, where do you think Darwin got the idea? From animal to human, right? From animal to human. What is the concept of humanity in the Bible? God created human being in his image. Man, Only human being is created in the image of God. Every, if you read Genesis 1 and 2, you will come across the words, according to its kind. God created the beast of the field according to its kind, the birds of the air according to its kind, the fish of the sea according to its kind. But when it came to human being, let us create man according to our kind. And so God created man in his own image. And because God has created man in his own image, only, only man has soul, only man can have relationship with God, Only man can have eternity, and man is different and all and above from anything else. Psalm eight is one of my most favorite psalms. And read that psalm and think about it. It begins by praising God. it says, "O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth." And then it talks about, you say, said, when, when I consider heaven and the stars and the moon that you have set in its place, what is man that you will consider him? Or son of man that you would even think about him? But then it says, you have made him ruler about, you have crowned him with glory and honor. Your medium ruler about over everything, over the field, the beast of the field, and over the birds of the air, over the fish of the sea, and everything that crosses the path of the sea. And then he ends the psalm by saying the same thing. O oh Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name. Only Christianity gives the respect and honor and proper position to human being. Under God, before God, man is nothing. But under God, man is everything. You have made him lower than Elohim. In Anavi translates that heavenly beings. But the original word is Elohim. By the way, When I, when I'm writing something in English, I copy from, uh, go to online and then copy and paste. I'm familiar with this Psalm, Psalm 8. And so when I copied from NIV and pasted, and then I read, it said that you have made them little lower than the angel, crowned them with glory. I said, I remember him. Where did this them come from? And then I checked previous words, Instead of men, it was mankind. I have a fifteen year old NIV that I read that has him, 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 man and him. The new NIV, man is not good because we want to be all inclusive. We don't can't miss out women, right? So instead of man, it says mankind, and instead of him, it says them. Then I checked a couple of other places where man is used. Genesis one twenty six, God cre- let us create man in our own image. And there an IV has mankind. And very next verse, of course, says that God created them. Male and female created them, but they are not satisfied with that. We have to have mankind there. Today, even dalla similar writings, I read humankind instead of mankind, because we want to be inclusive. But you know, even humankind is not good. But that, there is no woman in there. It's humankind. <laughs> You know the right word should be womankind because wo would would be women and men. But you can't use womankind either because it would be too explicit. Right? Oh, God help us. Even the word of God is not immune of the deception that we get into. But that's the separate thing. See, the anthropology is different. No dif- other religion has put the man into the p- proper perspective. Only Christianity does that. No two different, though no, not religions are the same. Commerciology, concept of sin... Where did evil come from? How do we get so terribly at this place, at this spot that we are? No idea how evil came into the world. Good and evil are eternal. And the fight continues to go on to the rest of the eternity. And there are There is a concept of incarnation in in Hinduism but there is no one incarnation. There are incarnations that keeps coming one after another. Why? Because God, even God cannot take care of the evil at one time. So he has to keep coming again and again and again. Where did evil come from? No idea. How will evil end? No idea. The fight continues to go on. And the, the thing is, on the one side, they have no idea of evil in general, where it came from. And on the other side, they have no idea of evil that is inside us. Man he basically is considered good. And there is no concept of the standard of goodness that God has set. The goodness is considered comparative. And when you think about people like Hitler, you can always consider yourself good. So the goodness is always considered in a comparative level. If I am better than this person, then I'm okay. Okay. And you always can find somebody who is worse than you. You can always find somebody that is worse than you. And see the caste system, for example, in India, the basic idea behind the caste system is, I want to compare with somebody who is lower than me. But remember the canon that we talked about, the measuring rod? Somebody came to Jesus And he said, "Good teacher." And Jesus was telling that, "How come you tell me good? Because only God is good." Jesus was not saying that I am not God, so don't call me good. What Jesus was saying is that if you call me good, you realize who do you, what do you are, what you are saying. When you call me good, you are accepting me as God, because only God can be good but what other religions think no other religion has this concept of in, inherent sin in man no other religion has concept of total depravity of man everybody wants to think himself of good i am good one of the most obstruction that people have about the salvation is their own assumed goodness the most obstructive way to salvation is own assumed goodness. Jews had that problem. Pharisees had that problem. And in every one of us there is Pharisee. And that's what prevents people to come to the Lord. theology is a very deep developed concept of sin in the Bible that no religion can compare, no religion can compare. The next one is Soteriology. I put all these term terminology in Greek because that's how you would have in theology book and that's how we need to know or understand. Way of Salvation, every religion has work-related salvation, work salvation. You are working out your own salvation. Every religion is work salvation. Every religion is trying to raise himself up, every person trying to raise himself up. God, remember that God seated on that mountain top and we are climbing the mountain? And that's the the good work you do. You are trying to climb the mountain work versus grace only christianity god is working out our own salvation only only through the grace of god we can be saved that's the totally diff- even judaism that's what paul defends in in galatian that's what book of hebrews is talking about don't go back to the work salvation grace versus Versus works. No concept of eternal punishment. Uh, Because I am good, there is no hell. One of the most uh, uh, people uh, not accepted concept is concept of eternal punishment. Hell. God is good. And God is loving God. And because God is so loving, He will, everybody would be saved. Universal, universalism is a general accepted belief in most of, of even among Christians. God is good and He will always, everybody would be saved. And so live, so what, what is the result? Live whatever way you want leave whatever you you want and ultimately everything would be good. Eschatology. What is eschatology? How everything will end. Cyclical versus linear. Uh, Everything goes circle, in the circle. Hinduism, there are four ages, it begins with good, age of truth, and then it continues to go worse, and then it goes to the age of evil, and everything is destroyed, and again starts with the age of good, evil, everything destroyed, and it goes round and round and round cyclical, everything round and round. Christianity, it goes into the straight linear. God has a purpose and there is a set goal and the history is moving towards that goal. And it will end into eternity. It will end into good. Remember, we like fairy tales and And uh, uh, have you ever thought of why we like fairy tales? Fairy tales. How do the fairy tales end? Hmm. (coughs) Happily lived ever after. That's the goal. That's all. That's what we want, right? Happily we lived. Happily lived ever after. There is no other religion can fulfill that goal. No other religion can fulfill that goal. No other, other religion can show you the way where you can happily live ever after. Because all the other religions, there is no end of evil. Remember, evil is eternal. And the fight with good and evil continues to go forever. A- and everything goes into the cycle. So good is today, and, and, and then evil defeats the good, and good defeats evil for a while and then evil raises up its, its head but happily live, we like those fairy tales because that is inherent concept in human being to have to have a place that we can go that will never end new age offers that but does not give the way how to receive that how to reach there bible offers happily lived ever after remember the the common thread of the fairy tales is that something starts good and then there is a, a enemy comes up everything destroyed and finally everything ends and happily lived ever after if you read genesis uh, revelation 22 In our Gujarati fairy tale, there is a different ending. They ate, they drank, and they reigned forever. That's how our Gujarati fairy tale ends. And that's exactly how Revelation 22 ends. They ate the fruit of the tree of life. They drank the river of life. And that we will all reign with the king forever. Ate drink and reign forever. See that is our eschatology. Fairy-tale style Bible ends fairy-tale style. No other religion offers that. No other religion have that hope. Every religion at the end is despair. It does not provide the fulfillment. So these are the different things. Now The last two points are for us, okay? Bibliology means what is your concept of Bible that will make all the difference. Remember Wayne last Sunday and that made me change the topic today. Bible is the canon. That is our standard. That's what we believe. Do not let any lie that you hear rob you of your goat. What you believe. Okay. Bible is your standard. Second Timothy 3, 3:16. 3, Remember that? All scripture is inspired. And the inspiration. With, along with the inspiration goes inerrancy. Not even Christian, or Christian uh, churches today accept this basic concept. If the Bible is not received as inspired and inerrant, then Christianity falls apart. Then Christianity falls apart. This is most, the the word of God is inspired, God breathed is the original word. And is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God, again here NIV says mankind, but it's original is Anthropos Theos, man of God so that the man of God is thoroughly equipped for every good work. Or Proverbs 35 that Wayne pointed out last Sunday, that the Word of God is flawless and it is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. And Psalm 12, 6 says the same thing. Um, And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. Open your Psalm 19. Let's read that about the Word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect. There are six words that he is using about the law. Word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. You see the law, the statutes, the precepts, the commands, and the fear. These are the different words for the same word of God. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. That's our Bibliology. That's what we believe. That's what we believe. And everything that we do and everything that we think has, been, has to be measured by the Word of God. Remember, the Word of God is our measuring rod. Finally, the application. Four things you have the outline in front of you. All religions are the same is at the best ignorance and at the worst from the pit of hell. All religions are the same at the best is ignorance and the worst, it's from the pit of hell. If somebody says all religions are same, ask him. Name two religions. And it would, they would be even hard pressed. Name a couple of other religions other than Christianity. People are ignorant. People don't think. We have been bombarded by so many lies that we have accepted the lies without thinking. We don't think. People don't think. So if somebody says all religions are same, just ask him. Just give me name of two religions and tell me what do they think about God. Just say that. Ask them. Okay. So first thing, know the truth. We need to... Intentionally, I put these things in in original Greek. Hamartiology, Anthropology, Soteriology, Bibliology. We need to know the truth. We we need to know the truth. Ignorance is not an excuse. Ignorance is not an excuse. I took uh, classes in law degree. And the very first day, there was a seasoned lawyer who was teaching the class, he says, why do you want to know the law? And he says, because you have to know the law. If you are driving 50 miles at a 30-mile speed zone, and if police stops you, you cannot excuse that I didn't know the speed limit here. Ignorance is not an excuse. For us, especially for us, As we live in this pluralistic culture and bombarded by all the lies, we need to know the truth. We need to be grounded into the truth and being in a church like this does not guarantee that. You have to study it on your own. Knowing God This was a mission statement that I made up in the other church that I was teaching. Knowing God through the daily studying of the Word of God with a purpose of becoming more like Christ, which would be evidenced in our daily life. That's the goal of every Christian. Knowing God through daily personal study of the Word of God with a purpose of becoming more like Christ which will be evidence in our daily life. So know the truth. And along with knowing the truth, defend, being able to defend the truth. And that's what First Peter 3.15 says, that sanctify the Lord in your life and be prepared to answer to anyone who asks about your hope. And the word there, to prepare, prepare to answer, the word there is apologia, from which we have apologetics. So every Christian has to be apologetic, be able to defend the truth. Because we live in a culture where we will need to defend the truth, we need to stand on the truth, and we need to be convinced of the truth, so that no matter how many times we hear the lies, we will not be shaken from the truth. Secondly, guard the truth. Guard the truth. Paul talks to Timothy in Second Timothy, in First Timothy 6.12, he says, uh, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good... Confession in the presence of many witnesses. He says, take hold of eternal life. It doesn't mean that you do not have eternal life. What he means to say that, just like we talk to somebody, take hold of yourself, don't break apart. The same same way he says, you have the eternal life, but live like eternal life and take hold of it, grab it. Guard it. Don't lose it. Don't let what you hear, all the lies that you hear, shake up your faith. Do you ever doubt about your faith? Do you ever doubt? What what, what, what if, if this is not true? That's when we need to be grounded into the truth that we never, we always have doubts, remember? Because we are or even human beings. But when the Satan comes, has God said that? Remember, that's the first, that's everything started. That's where everything started. Satan raised doubt about the Word of God. Has God said that? And that's what the basic question today, the culture is asking us. Has God said that? Thus saith the Lord. The prophet said that. Thus saith the Lord. This is the book that we stand by. Know the truth, be able to guard it, and share the truth, of course. Share the truth. Be available and open. And if you share the truth, you you have to be able to defend the truth, because when you share the truth, people would always question, share the truth. Once we were traveling in a train, and it was a 30-40 hour long uh, trip, and a doctor, a a person sitting next to me asked, what do you do? And that time we were doing Bible translation. I said, I'm doing Bible. Why do we have to waste time, so much time to translate? the? I said, because that's the, the word of God. And then he ranted about being an atheist about God and all that, and then I asked him, "What do you do?" And I heard a strange answer. He said, "I am going. I am interning as a surgeon, and then within short time, I will, I will be full-fledged surgeon, and I would have license to kill. How about going to a doctor like that?" and I had half an hour to dress him down that because you do not believe in God for you to kill human being and to kill, kill, cut a tree is the same see that's where it comes if you do not believe this book, if you do not believe the God that created man in his image, then for that part, why, where does this Darwinism comes from? Where does this euthanasia comes from? Where this abortion and everything comes from? All this culture is pervaded with the lies and that filters down in the real life. If you don't believe in the Bible, everything breaks down. The society breaks down. The culture breaks down and everything deteriorates and that's where we have come to and so we have to be able to guard the truth we have to be able to be convinced the truth of the truth and so that we can be ab- we can be able to share the truth and finally of course live by the truth right live by the truth second peter 3 10 14 says, since all these things are going to be destroyed, Peter writes there, what kind of people we should be? Holy life as we speed up the coming of the Lord. Or 1 John 3, 2-3, says, Beloved, we do not know what we will be like, but we know this when we see him, we would be like Him, and those who have that hope purifies themselves. And he ends that letter, John, First John, it's almost an enigmatic statement. He says, Dear children, beloved children, guard yourself of idols. That's kind of out of place at the end of the letter. But in chapter five, he's is talking about antichrist, and the one one of the words in the Old Testament for idols means lies. And in NIV commentaries, if you are reading NIV, sometimes you would see the note at the bottom, if there is a topic uh, idol in the text in in the footnote, it may give you a meaning. Idol means lies. So what John is saying, beloved, beho- beware of lies and one of the lies is all religions are same. Beloved, beware of the lies. Be grounded in the truth so that we will not be persuaded by the lies that we hear around us. Being in a church like this is no guarantee Every Sunday we hear the message that are expounded so faithfully, so profoundly. But we have to be on guard on ourselves. And we have to deep down and dig down in the Word of God and daily study it carefully so that we would be familiar with all these things, so that we would guard the truth and nobody can steal our goat. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for your word that you've given us into our hands that guides us and gives us the truth. Father, we pray that as we live in this culture we would be so grounded in your word and so convinced of your truth so that we will never ever be shaken and boldly declare your word to the generation that is perishing and the culture that is so perverse and deteriorating. Use us, Father, as salt and light, as truth bearers, as life givers through your word, so that we, Father, can influence a little circle that we are in, around us, that is going away from you, Father. Use each one of us, and guide our lives father for your glory because it is jesus who has given his life for each one of us and we have, we are convinced that there is no other way but jesus christ our lord for the world that is perishing use each one of us to bring light to the dark world